to Grace New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, Randy is teaching on grace, not guilt. Please turn in your Bibles to Romans 4 as we continue on in our series, Simple Faith. Let's listen now. Romans chapter 4, we're going to ask this question today. What makes us special? Is it what we do or is it something other than that? Is it what we do or is it what God does that makes us special? Romans chapter four, if you guys would stand with me, we're gonna read three verses here. Beginning at verse one. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? That is the question, religiously. Most of the world today is trying to gain some acceptance with their understanding of God. Their understanding of truth, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Sikh, go through the list, Baha'i, go through the list according to the flesh, according to what I do in my physicalness. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Watch this. This is a big verse right here. This one's got, she put a circle around it, underline it. For what does the scripture say? What does it say? Past tense. What, in, what has it said? What does the scripture say? It's been stated. What does it say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And may God bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. Flip over to Genesis chapter 12. Here's where this story begins of, of Abraham. In this, in this chapter, Paul goes back to the beginning, to the beginning of the start of the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. And, and he, he's talking about here how they came to be what they were. Chapter 12 of Genesis, verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your kindred, your father's house to the land that I will show you. See, Abram had it going on. He was from a wealthy family. He had stuff. God says, I want, I'm going to do something in you. Abram could have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, listen, I got the high life right now. I got the stuff. I'm, I'm Elon Musk, baby. You know, I, you should, my stocks are still doing, doing good in the midst of everything else. I, I'm the guy. This is what he says to him. He says, and I will make of you a great nation. Abram could have said, well, I got a good life right now. Why, why do I need to do this? Because he had an encounter with the real God. And when you have an encounter with the real God, even the best stuff the world has to offer ain't nothing anymore. Amen on that church. And I'll bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I'll curse. Now watch this. And in you, all the white families of the earth shall be blessed. Is that what it says? All the black families of the earth shall be blessed. All the Asian families. I have a particular affinity towards Asians. Because I'm married to one. All the Asian families shall be blessed. Is that what it says? No. And we, 
We live in a time in which we're divided. Churches are divided. They say the most segregated moment of the week is Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Together. Revelation. Chapter 7 through 9, over and over again, he says this. He says, every tribe and tongue, people, nation, together. That's where it's going. That's where it begins. It's where it's going. You do know in heaven on Sunday morning, there ain't going to be different music coming from different sides of the room. I don't know how he's going to pull that off. Some sort of fusion. Jazz, gospel, contemporary Christian fusion, hymn fusion. I don't know how he's going to do it. It's going to be beautiful, though. It's going to be beautiful. It's what he's called us to. Look at, look at chapter 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He's still Abram. He's not Abraham. Abram means, means honored father. Abraham, father of many. He was, he was this honor. He had this name of honored father, but there's a problem here. Look at this. He says, fear not, Abram. I'm your shield. Your reward will be great. But Abram said, Lord, what will you give me for I continue childless? See, Sarah couldn't have children. She was barren. People struggle with that now, but in the ancient Near East, they thought that meant they were cursed. They thought they meant that that meant God didn't love them, care for them. Going to talk about that next week. Abram said, behold, you have given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Listen, when the word of God comes to you, it changes everything. That's why you got to get up in the morning or in the evening, whichever you are. See, I'm a morning devotion guy. Anita's a night devotion girl. It, you, you, the morning is not when the morning, listen, I give her a wide berth in the morning. Hand her a cup of coffee and say, what do you need? Do we have any not morning people? Yeah, okay. Watch this. Look at this, okay? Pay attention. There's a, there's a, there's a scripture, I think it's in Psalms, maybe it's in Proverbs, it says, cursed is he who has a loud voice in the morning. That's me. <laughs> and I tell Anita, it's, it also says weary of strong drink, you know, which is coffee for her. But look, watch what it says, because the word of the Lord comes to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son will be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven. This is why we got to go camping, right? This is why you got to get, did anybody see the moon Thursday and Friday night? Oh my goodness. We were over in Winder. We went to dinner in Winder and we were driving back and the moon, it was a hundred feet in the air over Snellville. That's what it looked like. I, gorgeous. My daddy made that. What a, what a Gorgeous. You, you got to get outside and see that. I promise you, TikTok ain't got nothing on God. You, you got to see it. He, 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 we got to get our kids outside. Number the stars, if you're able to number them. 
And every time they put up another telescope that goes past the ones we have, they're like, no, there's more stars. There's more stars. There's more stars. There's more stars. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Well, look at this verse. What is it doing in the Old Testament? And he believed the Lord and counted it to him as righteousness. I thought the Old Testament was just a covenant of works. He believed the Lord and counted it to him as righteousness. Where did we read that before? Romans 4, 3. That's, that's our text. He believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It was always God's plan to bless him, but it was not going to be earned. Psalm 2, 8 says, ask of me and I'll make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. Matthew 28, 18, 19, the great commission. This is, he, says, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he ends that up in verse 20, and I'm with you always. This is this promise. It's always been this promise. When we know that, we don't have to brag. We don't have to boast. It takes that away. I have observed this about me. When I'm insecure, I brag. I ain't proud of it. Don't mean I won't do it again. But I see that in me. When I start bragging, when I start name dropping, when I start talking about what I've done, it's because I'm insecure. I'm around people that I'm insecure around. This is the nature of social media. It ain't left or right. It's down. Why? It may not be your kids, but it's the culture. Your kids are all around. You see, when you're afraid, you don't have a front lawn. You have a front wall. If you've traveled outside of this country, you know this. Most places in the world don't have lawns. You know what they have? They have walls. What do they put on, Rose, what do they put on top of those walls? Wire or glass. You break, you break concrete. You get the concrete. You break glass, and you put glass on top. That ain't to look pretty when the sun shines on it. Why do you do that? Because you're afraid. You don't have a lawn. See, if you don't have an external security, if there isn't a security that you know is around you, protecting you, you're gonna do that internally. And if and internally, if you don't feel safe with what's around you, you'll try to do that inside and, and, in, and your heart will not have a lawn. It'll have barbed wire. And this is what he's saying. I've got a promise for you. I have a promise for you. How do we start taking down that barbed wire? Because you have to just know spiritually you wake up in the night and you know there's somebody out there and he's watching over you. When I was a little kid, man, the storm would come. And it would rumble. And I don't know. The lightning, the thunder's not as loud here as it is in Kentucky. I don't know if it's where we lived or, or what it was. But man, sometimes that thunder would shake that room. And the whole house would shake. And I'd look. And there in the lightning, I'd see my dad stand at the end of the bed. You all right, son? 
Now, I wasn't like 16, okay? I'm talking like 10, okay? You all right, son? Okay, dad. When you have that external, you can have a lawn. People can come play on your lawn emotionally because there's somebody out there watching for you. This is, this is his promise. There's no need to work. I want you to note there's an asterisk at the end of point three. No need to work. There's an asterisk. We're going to talk about that asterisk in a little bit. Verse four. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. See, it, it's, it's not a gift if it's your job. For some people, their faith, for most people, their faith is a job. I've got to do this and God will like me. If I do this, I can tip the scale enough that God will like me. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted, here's that phrase again, counted as righteous. Which brings us to this question, do you want what you've earned? Or do you want his grace? We talked about it last week. The standard ain't me. You're like, well, Pastor Randy, I'm as holy as you. You got, I've seen you in that car. But see, I'm not your standard. Listen, I talked about it first hour. Don Harris ain't your standard. Don Harris is a good man. Holy man. Loves Jesus. Puts praise, his prayers put me to shame. Don ain't your standard. Kitty Rao, there ain't a better woman in the world than Kitty Rao. Kitty Rao ain't your standard. Jesus is your standard. That's what you got to measure up against. So you're trying to work your way in. Good luck on that one. But you don't have to. You see, you don't have a job. You have an allowance. When I was, when I was 12, 13, I, my dad gave me a $10 a week allowance. That's a lot of money back then. I could buy a lot of bazooka gum with that. We're, and those little glider planes, remember those little glider planes? You'd wind them up. They never work. Just, you know, and, and, but I, you know, I could buy those things. And, and now I had to save and I had to give and all that stuff, but, but that's a good allowance. And one of my buddies met, said, man, I make $200 a month delivering newspapers. I'm like, man, I want a piece of that. He goes, well, I'll sell you a piece of this. At the end of the month, he goes, you'll make $100. At the end of the month, I made $100. And I paid $25 for the newspapers. I had to fix my bike. I had to buy the bags that go over the newspaper, the rubber bands that seal the bags. I had to buy the envelopes, and I had to pay him the money. To, to, he was a franchisee you know, of the newspaper business. I had to pay him. I wound up with $19.73. I'm getting up at 4.30 every morning. So my dad's deal was, if you got a job, you don't need an allowance. So I went back to dad. I said, I just want my allowance. I told my friend, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my allowance. He goes, how do I get in on that? I said, you, you can't get in on that allowance. You got to be me to get the allowance. Do you want an allowance or do you want a wage? This is the question here. Look at, look at how many times it says counted as righteous. 
three, verse three, four, five, six, nine, 10, 11, 22, 23, and 24. It says, as counted as righteous, and God counted as righteous. It's, it's, do you want a stat or do you want a blessing? See, guys know their stats, right? I could probably call on any guy in the room that played baseball and he could tell me what he batted his senior year in high school. Guys know their stats. We, we know our statistics. This is the difference in guys and girls. I, I, I was at several guys sporting events and several girls sporting events this week. It's very different. Did y'all watch the Georgia game last night? Listen, if they had lost, I would not bring it up. I'm just going to tell you, okay? <laughs> Certainly not before an offering, all right? But, 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 but I'm watching the Georgia game, and, and one of the players is just screaming at the other player. And a coach had to come pull him apart because this guy wasn't doing his job. Girls are not like that. The first time I ever went to a girls' volleyball game, I was totally confused because this girl served the ball and it went under the net. Now, I'm no expert on the sport, but that's not where it's supposed to go. What did the girls do? They came and gave her high fives. You know, they did the little foot dance thing, you know? And, and I'm like, she served the ball under the net. Why are you encouraging that? Guys... Guys miss, okay, guys try to do this. When guys miss a free throw, they come up. But if you watch, they don't actually touch because they're afraid they'll catch it. Guys don't, it's different. Girls are like encouraging. Guys are like, guys, it's all about the stats. Here's the stat, counted as righteous. And, and by the way, I, I went to a girls softball game yesterday at Grayson. And I'm just gonna tell you something. If you've never been, it's an intriguing game. It is an intriguing game. There's so much strategy and stuff. Guys just try to hit the ball hard. There's so much strategy in, in this game. This is, this though, is not about strategy. This is about blessing. The, the Greek word here is logizomahe. It means to take an inventory, to esteem, to impute. That means to give something you didn't have. To reckon. That's, to reckon means I'm going to pay your bill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay this for you. To confer a status that was not there before. It's a blessing. It's a crediting. Douglas Moo, the theologian and commentator, says, the crediting of Abraham's faith means to account to him a righteousness that does not inherently belong to him. That's, that's what... We call that theologically justification. It literally means just as if it never happened. Counted as righteous. It's not about your works. It's counted as righteous. He then goes into David in, in 4, 6 through 8, as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts in righteousness apart from the works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. And David would have known. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not. Look at this. Count, here it is, that word again, count his sin. So he counts our belief as righteousness, but he doesn't count our sin. Boy, that's a deal. That's such an amazing deal. It, it talks in verses nine through 12 about the ethnicity. He says, is this blessing only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We shall say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteous. How then was it counted to him? Here's the question, verse 10. Was it before or after he had been circumcised? If you don't 
know what the word circumcised means, do not Google it here in church this morning, okay? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's an identity. It was not after, but before. He received the sign as a seal of righteousness that he had by faith while he was uncircumcised. It's not an ethnic thing. He, he, he was given, he was counted as righteous before it was ethnic. And, and, and by the way, here's the, the I think the, the sign, the seal there of circumcision is this. He says, listen, Abram, give me your sexuality and give me your future. Trust me with that. Trust me with your sexuality and with your future and watch what I do. And that's why it was that particular seal, that particular sign. It, it also was, was not about behavior. Verse 13, the promise of Abraham and his offspring that he would be the heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. In Galatians chapter three, he says this, Flip over there. It's, it's, it's an amazing passage. Galatians chapter three really gets into this. It, it's, it's very deep and very heavy, but very understandable. Verse 17 says this. It says, this is what I mean. The law came 430 years after. See, the, the righteousness comes 430 years before the law. It's counted as righteous 430 years before the law. It does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a what? By a promise. It's this covenant. Jesus' body, the bread. This represents his physical body that spoke to the waves, that spoke to Lazarus, that went to the cross. It represents his life that went fishing and was a better fisherman than the fisherman. It represents his life. This, this, this wine, this blood, this, this juice, it, it represents the covenant, the promise that doesn't go away. We call this communion. It literally means together. It, it reminds us of that relationship. We do this. It's a reminder of the fact that, that God has us, is with us, is engaged with us. We, um, we have this unique opportunity here in our community right now. I don't know how long it lasts. I'm incredibly thankful for it right now. But we have this incredible opportunity to engage in kids' lives. And I am always amazed. I, I do a kids' life club on Monday, and, and I'm always engaged, just, just amazing about how, I'm always amazed, not engaged. I try to be engaged too, but I'm always amazed at what God does in the lives of these kids. I'm also always amazed at this. You know, when you go after the kids, you get the adults for free. That's been the history of the Grace family. I'm going to be candid with you. I think we got away from that a little bit. I think we got a little too cute. 
I think we became a little too philosophical and we thought it was about something else. I think what has made this church, this church for a long time has been, we went after kids and we taught kids the Bible. And when you teach kids the Bible, they impact their parents. This morning, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, thank you. This, this morning, I woke up to a couple of texts from Rob Corley. Let me, I want to show you a couple of pictures here. These are just sweet. This is, this is Jesus school. This is this church. These people have put on the very best things that they own. They live from here to the road from the biggest dump in Cambodia. They work, their kids work in the dump. And their kids were going and working in the dump all day to buy them liquor and drugs. But you see, God's changing them. See, when you go after the kids, you get the adults for free. Look, look at this next picture. This is, this is Grace New Hope Church. This is in the, the, the slums and the suburbs of Phnom Penh. Grace New Hope Church is for women who are HIV impacted. Most of them were HIV impacted because their parents had to make the choice of allowing their little girls to go into sex slavery or their families starve. And we go, well, I would never make that choice. So you watch your four-year-old die of hunger? But not here, not today, baby, because God is at work. And these people, these sweet, sweet people, when you go after the kids, you get the adults for free. It's why we, we've got to engage. We've been given this opportunity. We've got to engage right now. I don't know how long this window stays open. Thank you. I was at Kids Club, and I was so excited this week. I, I got five boys in my club, and I've been saying to them, bring their friends, and we had three guests, this, three new kids. They're like, we'll be back. And we memorized scripture together, and, and, and Tracy Ogburn was up there teaching. And I, my, my boys, like the first week, it was out of control Last week was better. This week, man, it was great. It was like so organized and stuff. I mean, my, my boys were great this week. It was amazing. But man, Michael Parr's got these second and third graders. They, these kids are like, man, they are wow kids. And, and he's getting them under control. It's coming. But he had this new kid this week. I, I don't know this kid's name. This, this boy was like, this boy's like all over the place. He's trying, he's climbing on chairs and tables and stuff. And we're trying to get him under control. And, 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 and Tracy's up there teaching, and she goes, she goes, when God comes into the garden after the sin, he doesn't say, Adam, what have you done? He says, Adam, where are you? And this kid, who acts like he ain't paying attention, goes, goes, wait, wait. He puts his hands out like this. He goes, so God can be mad and care at the same time. And Tracy goes, it's it's not exactly that, but yeah, it's kind of like that. He goes, whoa, you don't hear about something like that every day. 
And I'm sitting there going, and I don't get to experience something like this every day. We got to engage. Because you see, you get this status change. This, this change happens. When, you, when it's counted as righteous, you, you no longer are having to work for that relationship. I, um, I want great things for this next generation. I, I want worship team. You guys can come on up. I, I hope that all, all these kids gather in here on Wednesday night. There's about 200 kids on campus on Wednesday night. Little kid, like from this big, all a little taller than that. And I, I, I don't want any of these kids to get divorced. I don't want them to have to walk through that. I, I, I want them to have healthy marriages and, and, and healthy relationships. And, and I want all that. But more than that, even, I, I want them to know that there's a God who has redeemed them. Their status has, has changed. I, I, I want us as a church to turn out leaders like we never have before. We've, we've produced some amazing leaders in this church. You listen to contemporary Christian music and some of the biggest stuff that's out there has been as a result of the Grace Family of Churches. I go down the list of these songs, Good, Good Father, All Your Promises Are Yes and Amen. You know, all, those are all Grace Family people out there doing that. Those were our kids, our youth group kids that are now out there doing that music. I wanna do all that. I was at Archer this week. I'm working with the Archer basketball team. And if, if you live in, around here, we're doing a food drive. You're gonna get, you're gonna get bags on your mailboxes and um, we're gonna collect things for the co-op. And, and I was talking with these young men, these, these amazing young men. And I walked in the room and it struck me. Um, I know all these kids. Now, I didn't know them by name. But I know them. You know how I know them? Because they've been out here playing basketball for two years. And I come out and I take a, a jug of water and some cups and, and talk to them. And, and a couple of them I know, they, they come to church. They're over there in the high school room right now. We have to engage. But, but not just to produce leaders, but because they have to know, they have to know that that status has changed. That status has changed. Their status has changed. They, they are no longer seen as a sinner. They are seen as a child of God. It's been counted as righteous. Men, when you got married, did it make you a good husband? Go ahead and answer the question before your wife does. No, it doesn't make you a good husband because you got married. No, you work on that. You grow on that. So does it mean we don't work? No, here comes the asterisk. Of course you work. But it, it changes the reason. It changes the reason. We, we want to we get to know more about God. That's word and prayer. Download those devotions that you get every day unless you've got something else you're doing. Be in his word. Open up the Bible. Pray. Learn how to pray. If you don't know how to pray, if you don't know how to study, get, get around people that do. Find people that know. And as much as I would love for it to be so that 
You can be in a Bible study and they go, wow, you really know your scriptures. And you go, well, I go to Randy's church. That's why. It's not why I want you to do it. I want you to know the richness of a walk with Jesus. A richness of that. That his promises don't fail. Even when it looks like the whole world is falling apart. How do I know that? I know that because of my parents. They didn't have an easy life. But I saw God's faithfulness. I've learned that through Anita's parents. They didn't have an easy life. But it was faithful. And they saw God's faithfulness in the midst of a of a life that was just committed to him. How do I know that? Because I know Jim and Judy and I've watched their life and I've watched the, the fruit in their grandkids. Doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we have it all figured out. Doesn't mean we work it all. It, it all completely even makes sense in the moment. But we open up his word and we pray and we begin to see him moving and changing us. And we serve, we act on his word. We live this life of ministry because we are a family on mission and we believe following Jesus is the fullest life. And when we live that way, look, when I was working in the horse industry, I worked for some really rich people, like really, really, really rich people. I'm just going to tell you this straight up. Money does not bring you joy. Now, poverty ain't fun. But money does not bring you joy. I want, I spoke to our kids Wednesday night. I, I, want, I want them to, we got to get back to some of these things. I want to take them rappelling and, and rafting and, and camping. And I want... I want us to step back into all those kind of things. I want them to appreciate looking at the moon just because it's there. We were in Peru years ago and we, I was there with my girls. Both my girls were on a mission trip to Peru and we went up to about 14,000 feet and the biggest mountain in the world. It's, it's, it's taller than Everest from base to, to the summit. Everest starts higher but it's Mount Waskaran and, and, and we, we camped under the summit of Waskaran and there's still, you know, 12,000 feet above us there. And it's just right there. And, and the sun goes down behind us and it was gorgeous and the moon comes up and you can see it and it, and it breaks up and the moon was so bright. I went out and I, and I had this Bible. I went out and I opened this Bible and I was reading the Psalms in the moonlight. And then the moon goes away early in the morning and the stars come out. And I sat there with my girls just thankful for that moment. We, we gotta have those kind of things. I want us to train leaders. I want us to do all those things. I, I want us to live out these values, these values that, that, that God called us to be this multi-ethnic family of faith, not a family of works, but a multi-ethnic family of faith. I want us to do that. I'm thankful that God's doing that. 
I'm thankful that, that we're becoming a church more and more every week, more like our community. I'm thankful for that. That's the church of the future. That, I, was at, I was at a sporting event not long ago. Not long ago. I won't say where because there's probably some people there trying to make it better and I don't want to throw shade on them. But listen, I was at a sporting event not long ago and in those stands over there, it was, it was 95% white people and back here, it was all the black people minus about 5%. That's today. That's today. It's not heaven, church. And we got to work on all that stuff. And I want us to work on all that stuff. But that ain't the biggest thing. I want you to know how to study this word. I want you to be proficient in it. I want our missions to be powerful. All that. I want all that. But there's a statement on that board as you drive out of here that I, that I desperately want you to know. It says, what's it say? Don't forget your love. If you forget everything else I ever teach you, remember that. Don't forget you're loved. That there is a God who longs for your heart. And he loves you because when you know that, it changes everything about everything. It changes your marriage. It changes your parenting. It changes your work. It changes your teaching. It changes how you follow the people in leadership in your life. It changes everything about everything. Last Sunday, with this I close, last Sunday, Daniel and Katie were doing something and they asked if we could come over and watch our granddaughter Harper Sunday night. And we said, well, we'll have to check our calendar. No, that's not what we said. The calendar gets changed when we get to take care of Harper. We, she was a big part of our life when she was little. You know, we saw her almost every day and took care of her a lot and, and um, even more than we had planned. And we're thankful that God's done this great thing. We're thankful that Katie's in her life and, 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 and she started school now and we don't see her as much. And sometimes you just kind of wonder. And sometimes as you walk with God, you sometimes just kind of wonder. Maybe you drift off a little bit. You just kind of wonder. And, and we were upstairs and we were playing Barbie and, and I have not forgotten how to play Barbie. I can still rock the Barbie world. And um, we were playing Barbie and and we were finishing up. We, were at, we had to leave. And, and Anita was, of course, cleaning up all the Barbies. And, and I'm like, no, honey, this is part of the fun is you just leave it all out here on the floor for somebody else now, okay? That's the joy of being a grandparent. We don't have to clean it up. But Anita was cleaning it up and organizing it into different... She had Ziploc bags and she was putting the... Sh you know, all that stuff. And, and, and Harper goes, Grandpa, come here. I want to show you something. And we go over... And there's a picture frame. She goes, Grandpa, this is where I keep my secret stash of gum. <laughs> and she reaches back there and she did it. She had a stash of gum back there. And she takes out this, this gum wrapper. It's one of those big ones that had like 24 pieces. And she pulls one out and she opens it. And she goes, this is for people that I love. Would you like a piece? Church? 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life counted as righteous not by your works by his work does it mean we don't work of course we work of course we grow of course we serve but not to be loved not to be loved but because we are 